Section 18 of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Modern Magic by Maximilian Shell de Vere. Section 18 Magnetism, Part 1. Magnetism. Great is the power of the hand. St. Augustine. Mesmer who was the first to make the anesthetic effects of certain passages of the hand over the bodies of patients known to the public, sought originally to explain them by the agency of electricity. But as early as 1773, he ascribed them to magnetism. From that day he employed magnets, and by passing them over the affected parts of his patients, he performed remarkable cures for many years in the city of Vienna. He looked upon the magnet as the physician, which cured the patient in the same way in which it attracted iron. Soon after, however, he became acquainted with the famous father Gessner of Ratisbon, who had obtained precisely the same results, without a magnet, by simple manipulations, and henceforth he also treated his patients with the hand only. But he retained the old name, looking now upon himself, and upon others who were endowed in the same manner, as possessing the powers of a strong magnet. In the meantime, one of his pupils, the Marquis de Poissegur, had quite accidentally discovered the peculiar nature of somnambulism, and, with rare foresight, profited by the moments of clear consciousness which at times interrupted the trance, in order to learn from his patients themselves the means of curing their diseases. He had from that moment devoted all the leisure of his life to the study of these singular but most beneficial phenomena employing only the simplest manipulations in place of the more exciting means used by mesmer and doing an immense amount of good by his judicious cures mesmer in the course of time adopted the better method of his former pupil and now his system was complete he used magnetism for purely practical purposes he cured diseases by throwing well-qualified persons into the peculiar sleep produced by magnetizing them and availed himself of the effects of this half-sleep upon their varied constitutions, for his curative purposes. At the same time, however, he ascribed the influence which he claimed to have over persons whom he had thus magnetized to a most delicate, all-pervading medium. This, he maintained, was the sole cause of motion, light, heat, and life itself in the universe, and this, he stated, he was communicating by his process of magnetizing in a sufficient degree to his patients to produce startling but invariably beneficial results it is well known how his removal from vienna where he had begun his remarkable career to paris increased in almost equal proportions the number of enthusiastic admirers and of bitter adversaries in spite of an unfavorable judgment rendered by a committee of the academy in seventeen eighty four his new doctrines spread rapidly through all the provinces. So-called harmonic societies were formed in almost every town, and numerous institutions sprang up, founded upon the new system of magnetizing patients. It is curious that of the nine members of that committee, among whom Franklin was not the least renowned, only one, the great savant Jassou, refused to sign the report, quote, because it was founded upon a few isolated facts, end quote, and sent in a separate memoir in which he described animal heat as the universal agent of life. Equally curious objections were made by others. 
thus in another report of the academy the king was requested to prohibit the practice of magnetism because it was quote, dangerous to the morals of the people end quote. and in the great hospital of the charite magnetic treatment was forbidden because quote, the new system had caused for a long time warm discussions between the best informed men of science end quote. urged by repeated petitions the academy appointed in eighteen twenty five a second committee to investigate the matter which finally reported a firm conviction of the genuineness and efficacy of magnetism and recommended a further examination of this important branch of psychology and natural science a permanent committee was thereupon directed to take charge of the matter before which a very large number of important facts were authenticated but in eighteen forty and subsequently once more unfavorable reports were laid before the august body and adopted by small majorities in england magnetism met with fierce and violent opposition the faculty being no little incensed by this new and unexpected competitor for fees and reputation dr elliotson a professor in the university of london and director of a large hospital had actually to give up his place because of the hostility engendered by his advocacy of the new doctrine afterwards the controversy though by no means less bitter was carried on with more courtesy and the subject received on the whole all the attention it deserved germany alone has legally sanctioned magnetism as a scientific method within the range of the healing art and the leading powers like prussia austria and saxony have admitted its practice in public hospitals unfortunately much deception and imposture appeared from the beginning in company with the numerous genuine cases and led many eminent men to become skeptics the russian government has limited the permission to practice by magnetic cure to quote, well-informed physicians end quote. but the holy curia the pope's authority after admitting magnetism first as a well-established fact has subsequently prohibited it by a decree of the inquisition on the twenty first of april eighteen forty one as conducive quote, to infidelity and immorality end quote. in spite of all these obstacles magnetism in its various branches of somnambulism and clairvoyance of mesmerism and hypnotism is universally acknowledged as a valuable doctrine and has led to the publication of a copious literature magnetizers claim and not without some show of reason that their art was not unknown to antiquity and is especially referred to in holy writ they rest their claim upon the importance which has from time immemorial been ascribed to the action of the hand as producing visions and imparting the gift of prophecy when elisha was called upon to predict the issue of the war against moab he sent for a minstrel quote, and it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the lord came upon him end quote. in like manner the hand of the lord was upon ezekiel among the captives by the river of cherba and he prophesied years after he says again quote, the hand of the lord was upon me in the evening end quote. and once more quote, the hand of the lord was upon me end quote it is evident that according to biblical usage in these cases the manner of acting attributed to god is described after the usage prevailing upon men and that the hand upon men represented the usual method of causing them to fall into a trance but this placing the hand upon a person 
was by no means confined to cases of visions it was employed also in blessings and in sacrifices in consecrations and miraculous cures daniel felt a hand touching him which quote, set me upon my knees and the palms of my hands end quote. while soon after the same hand strengthened him and even in the new testament a high privilege is expressed by the words quote, the hand of the lord was with him end quote. from luke chapter 1 verse 66 in other cases a finger is substituted for the hand as when the magicians of pharaoh said this is the finger of god in exodus chapter 8 verse 19 and the two tables of testimony are said to have been quote, written with the finger of god end quote. exodus 31 verse 18 in the same manner christ said if i with the finger of god cast out devils luke chapter 11 verse 20 what makes this reference to finger and hand in eastern magic and in biblical language particularly interesting is the fact that neither greeks nor romans ever referred in like manner to such an agency it is evident that these nations possessing the ancient wisdom of the east and the revealed knowledge of the chosen people were alone fully acquainted with the power which the hand of man can exercise under peculiar circumstances and hence looked upon it in god also as the instrument by which visions were caused and miracles performed hence no doubt also the mysterious hand which from time immemorial has been used as one of the emblems of supreme power often called the hand of justice but evidently emblematic of the hand of god which rests upon the monarch who rules by the grace of god magnetizers connect all these uses made of the hand with their own method which consists almost invariably in certain passes made with the whole hand or with one or more fingers whatever may be thought of this connection between the meaning of the hand in biblical language and the magnetism of our day there can be no doubt as to the fact that the ancients were already quite familiar with the phenomena which have startled our century as something entirely new the so-called temple sleep of the greeks was almost identical with modern somnambulism the only essential difference being that then the gods of olympus were seen and lent their assistance in the place of the saints of the middle ages and the mediums of our own day incense mineral waters narcotic herbs and decoctions of strychnos or halicabrum were according to pliny employed to produce the peculiar sleep the patients fell asleep while lying on the skins of recently killed animals in the temples of Asclepius and other beneficial deities and in their sleep had dreams with revelations prescribing the proper remedies the priests also sometimes dreamt for their visions for a consideration or at least interpreted the dreams of others even magnetism by touch was perfectly familiar to the ancients as appears from the word of plotus quote, what if i were to touch him at intervals so that he should fall asleep End quote. Plutarch even speaks of magnetizing by touching with the feet, as practiced by Pyrrhus. Other writers discovered that the Sibyls of Rome, as well as the Druids of the Celts, had been nothing more than well-trained somnambulists, and, ere long, distinct traces of similar practices were found in the annals of the Egyptians also. One of the earliest cases, which was thoroughly investigated and carefully watched, is reported by Dr. Petitin of Lyon, in his famous memoir on catalepsy and somnambulism 
His patient was a lady who had nursed her child with such utter disregard of her own health that her whole system was undermined. After an attack of most violent convulsions, accompanied with apparent madness, she suddenly began to laugh, to utter a number of clever and witty sayings, and finally broke into beautiful songs. But a terrible cough with hemorrhages ended the crisis. Similar attacks occurred with increasing frequency, during which she could read, with closed eyes, what was placed in her hand, state hour and minute on a watch by merely touching the crystal, and to mention the contents of the pockets of bystanders. She stated that she saw these things with very distinctness, some clearly, others as through a mist, and some others only by a great effort. The reporter expresses his belief that the stomach in this case performed all the functions of the senses, and that the epidermis, with its network of fine nerves, acted in place of the usual organs. Petitin was also the first to enter into direct relations with his somnambulist. He could induce her at will to become clairvoyant, and to make himself understood by her whenever he directed his voice toward the only sensitive part. Gradually, however, it was discovered that the degree of close communications, rapport, between the two parties depended as largely on the correspondence of character between them as on the energy of will between the magnetizer and the power of imagination possessed by the patient. De Luis, one of the professors of the Jardin des Plantes in Paris, gave much attention to the subject, and his numerous publications maintained the existence of a magnetic fluid by the side of the superior power with which some men are endowed, and that both were employed in influencing others. He was frequently and violently attacked on the score of his convictions, especially after several cases of cunning deception had become known. For very soon the innate desire for notoriety led many persons to pretend somnambulism, and skillfully to imitate the phenomenon of clairvoyance, displaying, as is not infrequently the case, in these efforts a skill and a perseverance which would have secured them great success in any legitimate enterprise. A number of volumes appeared, mostly in Germany, professing to contain accounts of marvelous cures achieved by magnetism, which, upon examination, proved to be altogether fictitious. France, however, abounded more than any other country with impostures, and every kind of deception and cheating was carried on there, at the beginning of this century, under the cloak of mesmerism. Young girls, stimulated by large rewards, and well-trained by hospital surgeons, would submit to brutal treatment, and profess to reveal, during well-simulated trances, infallible remedies for grievous diseases. The followers of Mesmer degraded his art by making it a merry pastime, or a lucrative exhibition, without regard to truthfulness, and without reverence for science. Even political intriguers and financial speculators availed themselves of the new discovery, precisely as in our day spirit-wrapping and kindred tricks are used. In England, and in the Union, mesmerism fared little better, especially with us it soon fell into the hands of quacks and charlatans who made it a source of profit. At the same time it assumed various new names as electrobiology, hypnotism, and others. The idea that somnambulism was the effect of angelic or demonic influences was once largely entertained, 
but has long since given way to more scientific views. But it cannot be said that the true nature of the active principle has yet been fully ascertained, and so far the results of mesmerism must be classified among magic phenomena. What is alone clearly established is the power which the strong will of the magnetizer evidently exercises over the patient, and the fact that this energy acts through the hands as its organs. The patient, on his side, undergoes by such an exercise of a foreign will a complete change of his individuality. The action of his brain is modified, and he falls into a magnetic sleep. Many intelligent somnambulists have distinctly stated that they obey the will of their master and not his hands, that manipulation, in fact, merely serves to communicate this will to their inner sense. Whether the connection, which evidently exists between the two parties, is established merely for moral agencies or by an infinitely subtle fluid, which may possibly be the odd of Baron Reichenbach, this question remains as yet undecided. So much only is quite certain that neither the will alone suffices to produce the magic phenomena of magnetism, nor heat and electricity, as the physicist Parrot maintained, as little can electromagnetism, unaided, be the cause of such results. Though the great Robiano stoutly asserted its power, man is a dualism of spirit and body, and both must be influenced alike and together in order to obtain perfect mastery. The most plausible explanation yet offered by men of science is that by the will of the magnetizer, his own nervous and mental system assumes a certain condition which changes that of the subject into one of opposite polarity, paralyzes some of his cerebral functions, and causes him to fall into a state resembling sleep. The stronger and healthier man affects the nervous system of a feeble and less healthy man, according to his own more or less strongly marked individuality, and the spiritual influence naturally develops itself in the same proportions as the material influence. Hence, the thoughts and feelings, the convictions and the faith of the magnetizer, are reflected upon the mind of his subject. Even Mesmer himself had not yet reached this point. He was, up to his death, content to ascribe the power of the magnetizer to the waves of a universal fluid set in motion by the superior energy of specially endowed persons. According to his doctrine, thoughts were conveyed by means of this mysterious fluid in precisely the same manner in which light and sound are borne onward on the waves of the air that surrounds us. They proceed from the brain and the nerves of one person and reach those of another person in this imperceptible manner. To dispatch them on their errand, volition is required. To receive them, willingness and a certain natural predisposition. Since there are men incapable of being reached in this way, as there are others who are deprived of sight or hearing, as the conveying fluid is far more subtle than the thinnest air, permeates the whole universe, and bears a close resemblance to the fluid which sets our nerves in motion, there is no other limit to the effects of volition on the part of the so-called magnetizer than the strength of his will. If he possesses this in a sufficiently high degree, he can affect those who are subject to his superiority even at the greatest distance. Moreover, if his influence is sufficiently effective, the somnambulist acquires new and heretofore unknown powers. He sees the interior of his own body, recognizes its defects and diseases, and by a newly awakened instinct perceives what is necessary to restore its perfect order. Such were the views of Mesmer. Besides this theory, a number of others have been published from time to time by men of science of almost all countries, even modern philosophers, like the German Schopenhauer, 
having entered the lists in defense of their favorite ideas the most striking view published in recent times is found in the works of count robiano a learned abbey and a brilliantly successful magnetizer he ascribes all phenomena of somnambulism to the purely physical activity of the nerves and proposes to call his new physical science neururgy he identifies the nervous fluid with galvanism and voltaic electricity and asserts that by a galvanic battery all the results can be obtained which mesmerism claims as its own he also states that galvanic rings bracelets belts and necklaces cause immediately somnambulism in well-qualified persons while carbon held before the nostrils of somnambulists in deep sleep awakens them instantly and at the same time releases limbs held in cataleptic rigidity alabaster soda and wax have similar effects but less promptly and the wind from a pair of bellows has equal power according to his theory currents of what he calls galvanic neurgic fluid are capable of producing all the well-known symptoms and phenomena of thought from idiocy to genius and from unconscious sleep to the highest excitement the process by which these results can be obtained is a suspension of the vital equilibrium by disease intoxication abstinence long-continued fasting and prayer and the like if the marvelous fluid is unequally distributed through the system catalepsy ensues the novelty and force of robiano's doctrines attracted much attention but a series of experiments conducted by eminent men soon proved that galvanism alone produced in no instance somnambulism but invariably required the aid of volition which the learned italian in his modesty had probably underrated if not altogether overlooked it is a matter more of curiosity than of real interest that the chinese have now for nearly eleven hundred years believed in an inherent power possessed by every human being called yu yang which is identical with a universal yu yang according to this view every person endowed with the proper ability can dispose of his own yu yang and diffuse a portion of it over others so as to cure their infirmities the french missionary amiot communicated this to puysegur and looked upon the yu yang as the universal vital power which produces everything before we dismiss any such theory in china or nearer home with a supercilious smile it is well to recall the reception which the first revelation of electricity in the human body met among our savants the doctrine had to pass through the usual three stages of contempt controversy and final adoption john wesley more than a hundred years ago said of it quote, with what vehemence has it been opposed sometimes by treating it with contempt as if it were of little or no use sometimes by arguments such as they were and sometimes by such cautions against its ill effects as made thousands afraid to meddle with it now every elementary textbook teaches that all created living bodies are electric and that some persons animals and plants are so in a very high degree to establish this truth poor puss has had to suffer much in order to give out electric sparks and the sensitive plant has had to show how its leaves with quick horror fly the neighboring hand which draws from them electricity of which it contains more than other plants physicians have learnt that a person who has the smallpox cannot be electrified the body being fully charged and refusing to receive more electricity while sparks may be drawn from the body of a patient dying with cholera now this once despised power in the shape of voltaic electricity adorns our tables with electroplate works of art carries our thoughts round the globe blasts rocks fires cannons and torpedoes and even rings the bells of our houses 
Now, little chain batteries that can be carried in the waistcoat pockets produce powerful shocks and cure grievous diseases, while tiny bands, which yet can decompose water in a test tube, are worn by thousands as a protection against intense suffering and utter prostration. What in this case happened to electricity may very well be the fate of the new power also, which is the true agent in all that we carelessly call magnetism. Somnambulism and clairvoyance, by whatever means they have been caused, differ in this from dreams and feverish fancies, that the outer senses are rendered inactive, and in their place peculiar inner life begins to act, while the subject is perfectly conscious. The magic phenomena differ naturally infinitely according to the varying natures of the patients. In the majority of cases, sleep is the only result of magnetizing. A few persons become genuine somnambulists and begin to speak, first very indistinctly, because the organs of speech are partially locked and the consciousness is not fully aroused. As the spasms cease, speech becomes freer, and as the mind clears up, the thoughts also reveal themselves more distinctly. These symptoms are ordinarily accompanied by others of varying character, from simple heat in the extremities and painful sobbing to actual syncope. In almost all such cases, however, the nervous system is suffering from a violent shock, and this produces spasms of more or less appalling violence. The temper of the sufferers, for such they are all, to some degree, varies from deep despondency to exulting blissfulness, but is as changeable as that of children, and resembles but too frequently the capricious and unintelligible mental condition of insane persons. Those who are, for the first time, thrown into magnetic sleep, generally feel after awakening as if a great change had taken place in them. They are apt to remain serious, and apparently plunged in deep thought for several days. If their case is in unskillful hands, nervous disorders are rarely avoided. Fantastic visions may be seen, and convulsions, and more threatening symptoms even, may occur. Youth is naturally more susceptible to the influence of magnetism than riper years. Really old persons have never yet been put to sleep. In like manner, women are more easily controlled than men, and hence more capable of being magnetized than of magnetizing others. If men appear more frequently in the annals of this new branch of magic than women, this is due merely to the fact that men appear naturally, and so far at least voluntarily, more frequently in public statements than women. The latter, moreover, are very rarely found able to magnetize men, simply because they are less in the habit of exerting their will for the purpose of influencing others. The exceptions were mostly so-called masculine women. Over their own sex, however, they are easily able to obtain full control. Among the curious symptoms accompanying the magic phenomena of this class, the following deserve being mentioned. A distinguished physician, Dr. Heller, examined the blood corpuscles of a person in magnetic sleep and found that their shape was essentially modified. They were raised and pointed so as to bear some resemblance to mulberries. At the same time, they exhibited a vibrating motion. Another symptom frequently observed in mesmerism are electric shocks, which produce sometimes a violent trembling in the whole person before the beginning of magnetic sleep and after it has ceased. As many as 4,000 such shocks have been counted in an hour. They are especially frequent in hysterical women and then accompanied by severe pain. In men, they are of rarer occurrence. Finally, it appears from a number of well-authenticated cases that magnetic convulsions are contagious, extending even to animals. Persons suffering with catalepsy have more than once been compelled to kill pet cats because the latter suffered in a similar manner whenever the attacks came. 
and the same has been noticed in favorite dogs which were left in the room while magnetic cures were performed this is all the more frequently noticed as many magnetizers look upon convulsions as efforts made by nature to restore the system to a healthy condition and hence excite in their patients convulsions without magnetizing them fully a new doctrine concerning the magic phenomena of magnetism establishes a special force inherent in all inorganic substances and calls it sidereian this theory is the result of the observation that certain substances like water and metal possess a special power of producing somnambulism and at one time a peculiar apparatus called baquette was much in use by means of which several persons connected with each other and with a vessel filled with water and pieces of metal were rendered clairvoyant the whole subject has not yet been fully investigated and hence the conclusions drawn from isolated cases must be looked upon as premature it has however been established beyond doubt that metals have a peculiar power over sensitive persons in their natural sleep as well as in the magnetic sleep many somnambulists are painfully affected by gold others by iron a very sensitive patient could after an instant's touch distinguish even rare metals like bismuth and cobalt by the sensations which they produced when laid upon her heart dr bruner when professor of physics in peru had a patient who could not touch iron without falling into convulsions and was made clairvoyant by simply taking her physician's pocket-knife in her hand this sidereian or astral force so called from a presumed influence exercised by the heavenly bodies as well as by all inorganic substances admits of no isolation although it is possessed in varying degrees by certain metals and minerals it has no effect even upon the electrometer or the magnetic needle its force is radiating quite independent of light but considerably increased by heat persons magnetized by the mysterious force of the baquette have however an astonishing power over the magnetic needle and can make it deflect by motion fixed glance or even mere volition in galani's messenger the case of prudence bernard in paris is mentioned who forced the needle to follow the motions of her head whatever we may think of the value of this theory it cannot be denied that the effect which certain physical processes going on in the atmosphere have on our body and mind alike is very striking and yet almost entirely unknown science is leisurely gathering up facts which will no doubt in the end furnish us a clue to many phenomena which we now call magic or even supernatural thus almost every hour of the day has its peculiarity in connection with nature at one hour the barometer at another the thermometer reaches its maximum at other periods magnetism is at its highest or the air fullest of vapor and to these various influences the diseases of man stand in close relation when auroras are seen frequently the atmosphere is found to be surcharged with electricity they are intimately connected with gastric fevers and according to some physicians even with typhus and cholera it has also been ascertained that the progress of the cholera and the plague perhaps also of common influenza coincides accurately with the isogonic line these diseases disappear as soon as the eastward declination of the magnetic needle ceases in recent times a correspondence of the spots in the sun with earth magnetism has also been observed in like manner it has been established that continued positive electricity of the air producing ozone in abundance is apt to cause catarrhs inflammations and rheumatism while negative electricity causes nervous fevers and cholera even the moon has recovered some of its former importance in its relations to the human body and although the superstitions of past ages 
with their absurd exaggerations, have long since been abandoned, certain facts remain as evidences of a connection between the moon and some diseases. Thus, the paroxysms of lunatics, epileptics, and somnambulists are undoubtedly in correspondence with the phases of the moon. Madmen rave most furiously when the latter is full, and its phases determine with astonishing regularity the peculiar affections of women, as was triumphantly proven by the journal kept with admirable fidelity during the long life of Dr. Constantine Herring of Philadelphia. Another name given to these phenomena is the hypnotism of the English. This theory is based upon the fact that sensitive persons can be rendered clairvoyant by looking fixedly at some small but bright object held close to their face, and by continuing for some time to fix the mind upon the same object after the eyelids have closed from sheer weariness. The method of producing this magnetic sleep, and some of the symptoms peculiar to mesmerized persons, has since been frequently varied. Dodds makes the patient take a disc of zinc, upon which a small disc of copper is laid, into his hand, and regard them fixedly. Thus he produces what he calls electrobiology. Catton, in Manchester, England, prefers a gentle brushing of the forehead, and by this simple means causes magnetic sleep. Braid's experiments, in which invariably over-excitement of nerves was followed by torpor, rigidity, and insensibility, have since been repeated by eminent physicians with a view to produce anesthesis during painful operations. They have met with perfect success, and the removal of the shining object, fresh air, and slight frictions suffice to restore consciousness. The same results have been obtained in France, where, according to a report made to the French Academy in 1859 by the renowned Dr. Velpeau, persons induced to look at a shining object, held close between their eyes, began to squint violently, and in a few moments to fall, utterly unconscious and insensible, into magnetic sleep. Maury explains the process as one of vertigo, which itself again is caused by the pressure of blood upon the brain, and adds that any powerful impression produced upon the retina may have the same effect. Hence, no doubt, the malocchio of the Italians, inherited from the evil eye of the ancients, hence the often almost miraculous power by which some men have exercised by the mere glance of the eye. The fixed look of the magnetizer, which attracts the eye of the patient, and holds it, as it were, spellbound, has very much the same effect, and when this look is carefully cultivated, it may put others besides themselves, as was the case with Urbain Gaudier, who could, at any time, cause his arms to fall into a trance by merely fixing his eyes upon them for a few minutes. From all these experiments we gather, once more, that men can, by a variety of means, which are called magnetism or mesmerism, influence others who are susceptible, till the latter fall into a magnetic sleep, have cataleptic attacks, or become clairvoyant. It is less certain that, as many assert, these results are obtained by means of a most subtle, as yet unknown, fluid, which the magnetizer causes to vibrate in his own mind, and which passes from him, by means of his hands, into the patient, where it produces effects corresponding to those felt by the principal. To accomplish even this, it is absolutely necessary that the magnetizer should not only possess a higher energy than his patient, but also stand to him in the relation of the positive pole to the negative. The extent of success is measurable by the strength of will on one hand, and the degree of susceptibility on the other. Both may be infinitely varied, from total absence to an overwhelming abundance. Practice, at least, however, aids the magnetizer effectually, and certain French and Italian masters have obtained surprising results. The most striking of these is still the cataleptic state, which they cause at will. Breathing, pulsation, and digestion continue uninterrupted. 
but the muscles are no longer subject to our will they cease to be active and hence the patient remains immovable in any position he may be forced to assume the general symptoms produced by magnetizing are uniformly the same as soon as a sufficient number of passes have been made from the head downward the patient draws a few deep inhalations and then follow increased animal heat and perspiration the effect of greater activity of the nerves while pain ceases and cheerfulness succeeds despondency if the passes are continued these symptoms increase in force produce their natural consequences and the functions becoming normal recovery takes place magnetic sleep is frequently preceded by slight feverishness convulsive trembling and fainting the eyelids half or entirely closed begin to tremble the eyeballs turn upward and inward and the pupils become enlarged and insensible to light the features change in a striking manner peculiar to this kind of sleep and easily recognized after several experiments of this kind have been made upon susceptible persons the outward sleep begins to be accompanied by an inner awakening at first in a half dreamy state and gradually more fully till conversation can be attempted contrary to the general impression faith does not seem to be an essential element of success at least on the part of the patient for infants and very young children have been rendered clairvoyant as well as grown persons on the other hand natural susceptibility is indispensable for deleuze states that in his extended practice he found only one out of twenty persons fit to be magnetized of those whom he could influence only one in twenty could converse in his sleep and of five of this class not more than one became fully clairvoyant certain persons though well endowed impress their patients unfavorably cause a sensation of cold instead of heat in their system and produce a feeling of strong aversion the most remarkable feature in all these relations however is the fact that the patient not infrequently affects the magnetizer and this in the most extraordinary manner one physician took into the hand with which he had touched a dying person two finches they immediately sickened and died a few days later another a physically powerful and perfectly healthy man who was treating a patient suffering of the tic doloreux by means of magnetism became unwell after a few days and on the seventh day fell himself a victim to that painful disease till he had to give up the treatment he handed his patient over to a brother physician who suffered in the same manner and actually died in a short time after continued practice has strengthened the magnetizer his passes often become unnecessary and he can at last under favorable circumstances produce magnetic sleep by a simple glance or even the mere unuttered volition some physicians had only to say sleep and their patient fell asleep others were able to move the sleepers from their beds by a slight touch with the tip of the thumb one of this class after curing a poor boy of catalepsy retained such perfect control over him that he only needed to point at him with his finger or to let him touch some metal which he had magnetized in order to make him fall down as if thunderstruck the great german writer known as jean paul relates of himself that he quote, in a large company and by merely looking at her fixedly caused a mrs k twice to fall almost asleep and to make her heart beat and her color go till s had to help her end quote the abbe faria who seems to have been especially endowed with such power would magnetize perfect strangers by suddenly stretching out his hands and saying in an authoritative tone sleep i will it he had a formidable competitor afterwards in Hebert, who played almost at will with a large number of spectators in his crowded hall making them follow him wherever he led or causing them to fall asleep by simply making passes over the inside of their hats 
in the case of young girls he produced rigidity of members with great facility and then caused them to assume any position he chose his patients were utterly helpless and powerless Dupoté, already mentioned possessed similar influence over others he once magnetized an athletic man of ripe years by merely walking around the chair on which he was seated and forced him to turn with him by jerks on another occasion he made a white chalk mark on the floor and then requested a gentleman to put both his feet upon the spot while he remained quietly standing by the side of his friends after a few minutes the stranger began to shut his eyes and his body trembled and swayed to and fro till it sank so low that the head hung down to the hips at last dupote loosened the spell by upward passes an italian ragazzoni excited in eighteen fifty nine no small sensation by his remarkable success as a magnetizer unlike other physicians he used an abundance of gestures to accompany the active play of his expressive features and yet by merely breathing upon persons he could check their respiration and the circulation of their blood in like manner he caused the chest to swell and paralyzed single limbs or the whole body he pushed needles through the hand or the skin of the forehead without causing a sign of pain he enabled his patients to guess his thoughts and set them walking running or dancing although they were in one room and he in another when he had paralyzed their senses burning sulphur did not affect their smell nor brilliant light the open pupil the ringing of a large bell close to the ear and the firing of a pistol remained unheard in fine he repeated all the experiments already made by pisagur with his patient victor but generally without the use of passes mari who has given a most interesting and trustworthy account of similar cases states in speaking of general noisset that the latter caused him to fall asleep by saying dormez immediately a thick veil fell upon his eyes he felt weak began to perspire and felt a strong pressure upon the abdomen a second experiment however was less successful besides passes a variety of other means have been employed to produce magnetic sleep and kindred phenomena dr bensey one of the earlier practitioners frequently used metal mirrors or even ordinary looking-glasses another dr barth maintained that by touching or irritating any part of the outer skull the underlying portions of the brains could be excited by thus pressing upon the organ of love of children his patients would at once begin to think of children and often caress a cushion in this theory he is supported by haddock who first discovered that the magnetizer's will could force his patient to substitute his fantasies for reality and for instance to believe a handkerchief to be a pet dog or an infant and an empty glass to be filled with such liquids as he suggested the influence in such cases must however be rather ascribed to the fact that the magnetizers were also phrenologists than to the presumed organs themselves it must lastly be mentioned that some persons claim to possess the power to magnetize themselves and dupote a trustworthy authority in such matters supports this assertion a case is mentioned in the journal de l'homme of a man who could hypnotize himself from childhood up by merely fixing his eye for some time upon a certain point in later years probably by too frequent excitement of this kind he was apt to fall into trances and to see visions the sympathetic relations by which magnetism are established between two or more persons who are in a state of somnambulism or clairvoyance is commonly called rapport although there is no apparent necessity for preferring a french word 
the closest relations exist naturally between the magnetizer and his subject and the intensity of the rapport varies of course with the energy of will of the one and the susceptibility of the patient on the other the same rapport exists however often between the patients of the same magnetizer and may be increased by merely joining hands or a strong effort of will on the part of the physician it has often been claimed that mesmerism produces exceptionally by rapport what in twins is the effect of close natural resemblance and contemporaneousness of organization clairvoyants endowed with the highest powers which have yet been observed thus see not only their own body as if it were transparent but can in like manner watch what is going on within the bodies of others provided they are brought into rapport with them and hence their ability to prescribe for their ailments Puisigur was probably the first to discover this peculiarity he was humming to himself a favorite air while magnetizing a peasant boy and suddenly the latter began to sing the same air with a loud voice haddock's patients gave all the natural signs of pain in different parts of the body when he was struck or pinched while at the very time they were themselves insensible to pain dr emmelin found that when he held his watch to his right ear a female patient of his heard the ticking in her left ear if he held it to her own ear she heard nothing he was also not a little astonished when another patient in a distant town to which he travelled revealed to him a whole series of professional meditations in which he had been plunged during his journey and yet such a knowledge of the magnetizer's thoughts is nothing uncommon in well-qualified subjects who have been repeatedly magnetized mrs crow mentions the case of a gentleman who was thus treated while he was at malvern and his physician at cheltenham he was lying in magnetic sleep when he suddenly sprang up clapped his hands together and broke out into loud laughter his physician was written to and replied that on the same day he had been busy thinking of his patient when a sudden knock at the door startled him and made him jump and clap his hands together he then laughed heartily at his folly dupotet once saw a striking illustration of the rapport which may exist between two patients of the same magnetizer even where the two are unknown to each other he was treating some of his patients in a hospital in st petersburg by means of magnetism and found to his surprise that whenever he put one of them to sleep in the upper story the other in the lower story would also instantly drop asleep although she could not possibly be aware of what was going on upstairs this happened moreover not once but repeatedly and for weeks in succession if both were asleep when he came on his daily round he needed only arouse one to hear the other awake with a start and utter loud cries magnetic sleep generally does not begin immediately but after some intermediate danger most frequently ordinary sleep serves as a bridge leading to magnetic sleep and yet the two are entirely different conditions when at last sleep is induced various degrees of exceptional powers are exhibited which are evidences of an inner sense that has been awakened while the outer senses have become inactive the patient is however utterly unconscious of the fact that his eyes are closed and believes he sees through them as when he is awake when somnambulists are asked why they keep their eyes shut they answer i do not know what you mean i see you perfectly well End of section eighteen.